Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We are a couple of missionaries, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. How you doing, Mary? Father John, I'm doing great. Tell everybody where we are. We are in a closet. No, we're in our... <laughs> Feels like a closet. It probably sounds like a closet too. Apologies for the sound recording the last couple of episodes. We've been on location and we have um, questionable technology, but we are actually in our office right now. We've been moving the last uh, month or so. We're not yet in our podcast studio, so there's builders and drilling and all sorts of sundry things happening around us, but I pray that you'll be able to hear us okay. Yeah, but nevertheless, it's great to be here. It is indeed. Hey, what's our topic today? I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I am too, Father John. Today we're going to talk about the importance of praise. Ah, the importance of praise. All right, let's pray and then what, what more fitting way to talk about the importance of praise indeed, than to praise God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, everything we have is a gift from you. We thank you for the gift of life. Uh, the gift of this breath that we're all taking right now, uh, the gift of family, friends, the gift of the people who've helped us to come to know you. Lord, we thank you for the challenges that remind us how much we need you. Father, we just entrust this time to you right now. We ask that your Holy Spirit would inspire our conversation, that it would be a means that would practically help us to continue to grow in not only greater conformity to Jesus, but just give us something really simple that we can do throughout the week um, to give you what you justly deserve and what our souls are crying for, even though we don't always know that. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the, and the, Son, Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. So, Mary, last week we, uh, we were with Albert. We were in Des Moines for the Christ Our Life Conference. A special shout-out to the good folks in Iowa. We had a great time with you. And we were talking about—this um, is actually like part two of that conversation. That was focused on why do—or what do we mean— When we talk about worship. Yeah, what do we mean by worship? Right. And so I, it, just in my own prayer this past week, uh, especially when we got to the Feast of the Archangels, I was just really— taken on that day and seemed like this could be something like a part two. So if, if I can, let me just share some things and then just invite you. You're, you're great at this. Just interrupt me whenever you need that. <laughs> great, and, great. And you, thanks. You, can just, you know, so uh, it, it really did hit me uh, last week on the Feast of the Archangels. You know, so the, the liturgy, the hours that, that priests promise to pray and that many of our lay brothers and sisters uh, do pray. The, the antiphons that day for morning prayer, they just kind of like leapt out at me because they all focused on praise. So, for example, the, the first antiphon for the morning prayer of the Feast of the Archangels was, let us join the angels in praising the Lord as the cherubim and seraphim sing holy, holy, holy. So, in other words, like right now, like you have a guardian angel, I have a guardian angel, they're, they're beholding, Jesus tells us in the gospel, our Heavenly Father's face. They're interceding for us. They're also praising God. Like these unbelievably majestic creatures uh, in comparison to whom we are so puny. They're praising God. So it would kind of seem logical, like that might be that a good, be doing yeah, good attitude thing. for us too, right? But it's not just that antiphon. The next antiphon. 
angels of the Lord sing praise to the Lord forever. That's two in a row, but it's not just that antiphon. The third antiphon was all the angels in heaven praise you, O Lord. And with one voice they say, to you we owe our hymn of praise, O God. So again, these majestic, mighty creatures, they are and have been since their existence came into being praising God. That's how they minister to God, right? Like God doesn't need somebody to go pick up his towel or something, right? Does that, make, does that, does that glori- resonate with you? Yeah, what a glorious image. And just that line in that last um, uh, prayer that you read, um, it says, All the angels in heaven will praise you, O Lord. And with one voice they say to you, We owe. Yeah. We owe our hymn of praise. And that goes back to the conversation that we were having last week. Like, why do we worship? Right. It's because it's right and it's just. Right. That's what we owe him. That's that's why we were made. It's our ultimate end. Right. We owe God everything. Right. It's do him. In other words, like God doesn't need this. God isn't this like egomaniac who's just praise Saying, me, praise, praise me, me, praise me. It's it's right. It's appropriate. And as we were saying last week, people do this all the time to one another or to people that they admire. The question is, do they really de- do they deserve our praise and our worship? So, which brings into this next point. So it's not it wasn't just this that hit me on the Feast of the Archangels. I, I've been rereading uh, Cardinal Contalamesa's book, Sober Intoxication of the Spirit, which I read years ago when it came out. For whatever reason, the Lord's just led me back to it again. And that same day, I happened to be praying with uh, one of the excerpts in that book, and it struck me. I've always loved this line. He talks about praise is the antidote to sin. So he's drawing on what Paul talks about in Romans 1, Romans 1.21, where he says, this is Paul, godlessness consists in knowing God, but not giving him the glory and the thanks that are his due. So Paul's talking about in this chapter, God can be known, not in the way that we know him through the revelation of Jesus, of course, but God can be known simply from creation. Like the the rational mind can come to the conclusion, this didn't just happen, right? But sin is seeing that and not acknowledging God. And so when we praise God, it's the antidote to sin. So he, he talks about how the opposite of sin isn't virtue. The opposite of sin, he is, says, is praise. Yeah, is praise. I just love that line, which of course just flies in the face of the, you know, the dreaded me monster culture that we're living in. Like, me, me, me. It's the Brian Regan skit, right? Like, look at me. Yeah, and, and, and we see that in so many facets of our culture. There, there's a celebrity culture in sports. Yeah. And a celebrity culture in politics and entertainment, and sometimes even in our workplaces, depending upon where you work and and what your company is. But but unfortunately, too, I mean, it can happen in the church, too. Oh, totally. I, there can be this, you know, that this um, self promotion, right? Sometimes, and um, and it just isn't what the Lord wants. He doesn't want us to look at ourselves, right? You know, we made right? a point of, you know, we, we've created what what some organizations would call core values. We call them apostolic values. And our first apostolic value is ambitious for God and his kingdom. And we make a point of defining that. And and one of the ways that we define it and operationalize it is by saying, 
you know, we have, we have hum, genuine humility about ourselves. In other words, like, I'm nothing. You, you know, like, you're nothing. We're all nothing. And yet God's given us gifts, but, but we, we, we eschew, like, we run from any and every attempt, please God, to draw attention to us. We just want to draw attention to God because I can't do anything, but God is God. You know, and Jesus is Lord, and we have unshakable confidence in him. And what was so attractive in the early church was, the, you know, the apostles weren't talking about how great they were. They weren't. You know, Peter denied him three times. They all fled at the scene when they came to arrest Jesus. They weren't talking about, hey, join us. We got it all together. They were talking about Jesus. It was because of him. Absolutely, right? Always him. And I think we've all had the experience of being around people who just keep talking about themselves, and it is less than pleasant. Well, you know, so we're talking about, you know, maybe people who um, maybe it's not intended that there can be this boastful spirit, and the scriptures tell us to boast only, only of God. Yeah. Right. One of the lines that comes to mind in the scriptures is, for it is you, Lord, who have accomplished all we have done. That's right. It's you. You know, he he uses us, broken as we are, um, but it's him. But I would say something else too, Father John. Uh, I I just had a thought, so I am going to interrupt you as you assured everybody that I would. You know, we live in, if we're not worshiping and praising God, obviously, we just talked about that. We're going to be praising um, someone else, but we can also praise things. As I'm, as we're just having this conversation, I'm thinking even mm. ourselves. Um, we can be idols in and of ourselves, mm. right? We're, this this um, culture of idolatry. Yeah. Right. So that can also be a place where we press into giving our time, our interest. Um, our, our focus on those idols. So, so all of these things that we just mentioned, whether it's politics or, yeah. you know, work or, or or whatever God has given us, those can become idols, which keep us away from. Yeah, and just a reminder for those of us who maybe haven't heard us talk about idols. An idol is anything I look to give me what only God, God can. can give me, or anything that I look to as more important than God, or anything that if I did not have it my life would hardly seem worth living. And suddenly those people who are bound down to the statues who we often tend to laugh at and think, well, I don't have any idols. You're like, oh. We all have them. I think I do. Yeah. So that, that brings up maybe this next point, which is all of these things, this boastfulness, right? This is the attitude of the enemy. This, this is what Satan does. Satan draws attention to himself. He boasts of himself. He refuses to, to praise to God. God and to worship God. The only the only body part we know Satan has is a knee. Mm. I've always loved that line. Gosh, I haven't thought about right. that. Because Jesus says, uh, or the scripture says, that every knee will, will, bow. Bow, will bend, right? So Satan's got a knee. He's going to bend his knee at the name of Jesus. And, and interestingly enough, God doesn't boast of himself, which is really astounding. Like the creator of the universe, the all-sufficient one, the almighty, you know, the majestic. He's the, within the Trinity. The, the, the members of the Trinity, the persons of the Trinity are constantly deflecting. They're pointing to each other. The father's saying, behold, my son, listen to him. Jesus is saying, I only do what I see 
and hear from my Father. The Spirit helps us know the Father. I mean, th this is really extraordinary, quite honestly, right? I mean, we're, we're so far, if, if we're honest with ourselves, from that, right? And so if we're going to be conformed to Jesus, well, that, that needs to be our attitude as well, huh? Absolutely, Father. So, so what can we do with all this? Make this practical. You're great at that. So I, I was um, I, I was praying with this uh, conversation before we started to record, and we, we were talking about, like, like what what do we get out of that? What are the natural results, the fruit of our praise? I'm going to interrupt you real quick because that sounds like an odd question. What do I get out of praising God? But that's exactly, I mean, we should ask something like that because that's actually a practical question. So I, I guess what I'm talking about, what's the impact on our heart and yeah. our soul? No, I love the question. When we praise. And, and, and so sometimes... Um, we have to be very intentional about it, right? I mean, we have to sometimes will it. So we're dragging our wills along um, to get to a better place. And I was reminded of a friend of mine who's going through a very difficult time a set of years ago, and he was listening to um, uh, a song. And there was a line in the, in the song that went something like, even when it hurts like hell. I will praise you. Yeah, really so it's, a, it, it's an acknowledgement of the human condition, but the remedy for that, so it's a remedy for sin, it can be a remedy for that which we're struggling with right now today in our culture. We talk often that we live in a culture that's riddled with despair and anxiety and worry. And there's something about stepping into a place of praise where we close our eyes, um, our heads bow down, we move into prayer, and we press into the Word of God, and and I think it chases away a lot of that which is, is just the fodder of the enemy. Yeah, it seems so counterintuitive. Right. I'm immediately, as you're speaking, I'm immediately thinking of two people. First is St. Paul, who in prison is praising God. Uh, he's not praising God so that an earthquake will happen, although it happens. He's praising God because he's learned how to praise God in all mm -hmm. things, right? And so it, it, it chased away. It, it was the appropriate thing to do there somehow. Like that, it, It's just astounding somehow to see the mindset of the disciples and the apostles and the saints and to see how far we are from that, right? Like right. Just tough times come my way. I'm not always quick to praise God, We're right? We're not naturally inclined, right, that way. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think Paul was naturally inclined either, but he did it. That was the point. The other thing that came to mind was Maximilian Kolbe, who's in the starvation bunker in Auschwitz, who's leading the other guys in the starvation bunker in singing hymns. I mean, that's actually why they came in and injected him with the carbolic acid, because out of the ground in the middle of hell on earth in Auschwitz, singing was happening and the singing was praise of God and the Nazis are like, oh, we got to shut that down. Anything. So they killed him. You know who else is on my mind too, Father John? Who's that? So um, as we're recording this, um, there's a... Uh, Florida is just recovering from the massive devastation of Hurricane Ian and I'm reminded of a friend of ours who was set of years in Florida, went through hur a hurricane and they were hunkered down underneath the steps in the rectory and they didn't know if they were going to survive that night. So they decided to pull out their guitars yeah. in praise of God. This is Father Mike Nixon and the good folks yes. down there in Panama City who, yeah, we had a chance to go down there and visit them right after the, not even right after, some months after we just went down for a day or so and it was just... So it's dark, the winds oh, are howling, they had no power, 
and all you can hear is the storm raging around you. Right. And and the, the Holy Spirit invited him, get your guitar, just, just step in and praise over God. And gosh, if we're if the Lord was gonna call them home that night, what a glorious triumphant exit from this life. It's a beautiful in, illustration. Yeah, into heaven. And so there may be a lot around uh, us every day, you know, the, the howling of despair yeah. and doubt and worry and anxiety and all of that. So it is a remedy for that, I think. Yeah, I, I, right? I couldn't agree more. And then, fi- you know, finally, it just it has a way of chasing the enemy away. Like the enemy hates praise of God. He wants praise for himself. So th- th- these are some things that we get out of it, quote unquote. Maybe we just leave people with, I, I'm thinking like three simple suggestions to consider putting into place I would suggest actually on a daily basis, just this week ahead, and it's almost like a, you know, the dare campaign, you know, just try this and see if there's a difference in your life. You know, know, last week the exhortation was, you know, how much time do I spend worshiping God? I don't know about you, I've been very, or was very conscious of that last week. How about this week, we just try to incorporate into our daily routine these three uh, suggestions. The, the first is this. For those who maybe are not familiar with the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, they may not be all that familiar with a hymn that's known as the Te Deum, two words in Latin, you, O God, and or you are God. This is a, a hymn which is just an extraordinary uh, hymn which we always sing in the church on solemnities and on feasts, and it simply begins, you are God, we praise you, period. You are the Lord, we acclaim you. You are the eternal Father. All creation worships you. To you all the angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. It goes on to say, the glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. It's just a constant repetition. So it's a short prayer. It's a majestic prayer. It might be something worth incorporating into our daily basis, but there's oh, more beautiful. things we can do. That, what else? That's beautiful, Father John. I'm thinking of the canticle um, in Daniel, Daniel chapter 3. Um, and it's, it starts in verses, it's, it's, it's Daniel 3, 57 through 88. And it's just a staccato of bless the Lord, yeah. right? All you works of the Lord. Bless the Lord, you heavens. Sing praise to him and highly exalt him forever. Bless the Lord, you angels of the Lord. And it goes on and on and on. Bless the Lord, sun and moon. Bless the Lord, stars of heaven. Bless the Lord, yeah. all rain and dew. And it's so incredibly captivating. It, it, it draws you in. It's difficult to think of anything else when you're praying with with, I remember um, hearing kind of, Father Francis Martin, who's passed away now, who's one of my mentors, and he would always say, I don't think we pray this the way we're supposed to pray it. I think it just kind of rolls off of our tongues when, in fact, it's supposed to be a way of just focusing our minds into the reality of what is all of creation doing right now. All of creation and all the different ways that it goes through in this canticle are praising the Lord and blessing the Lord and worshiping the Lord. So that's the second thing. I love that. Third thing, this this really hit me uh, again on that feast of the archangels. You know, whether we, we we pray the rosary every day or whether we go to daily mass or whether we just 
you know, pray the glory be in one thing or another. That simple little prayer, once again, like, I don't think we we take time. I don't take to mind what I'm saying, like, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. For most, you know, like for me, most of the time, it's like, glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Like, right. I don't think that's how you're supposed to pray that prayer. So maybe just be more attentive to the words that we say in the glory be this week. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good word, Father John. Too beautiful. Um, we can get we can become so rote in our prayers. It's just a reminder um, what our posture should be, um, and what God desires, and what is due Him, and what we owe Him, and what is right, and what is just, and. Great conversation. I love it. Father John. This is great. Thank you much, Mary. It's a, it's a joy to be in the office. <laughs> yes, it is. We look forward to coming out of the closet and uh, actually having a, a podcast studio. Please, God, Hopefully next soon. week. Hopefully soon. We are so grateful for uh, everybody's prayers, for their lifting us up before the Father. And please know we bring all of you daily to the altar when we celebrate Mass as a team here at Acts 29. Indeed we do. God is on the move right now, people. He is going to raise his bride. We're going to see him do mighty things. This is an extraordinary time to be alive. Challenging? Absolutely. Name an era that hasn't been. But God is with us. And because he is, do not be afraid. You were born for this.